Hello, my name is Mr. Langhorst, and you're listening to the study cast for the introductory unit of 8th grade American History at South Valley Junior High. Today we're going to talk about some of the things that you're going to need to know for the upcoming test for the introductory unit. We're going to talk a little bit about the first settlements and some of the early colonies. And if you have your study guide with you, you might want to have that uh, in front of you as you go through the study guide or the study cast, and you can mark things off on your study guide as we go through those. So let's go ahead and get started. The first term that we need to know for this chapter is mercantilism. Uh, we talked about the reason for why countries would want to come over to the New World and set up colonies. The primary reason for that was mercantilism, and that's an economic system used by European countries to make money from their colonies. So again, the whole purpose of creating the settlement or creating the colony, uh, you could take all kinds of raw natural resources back to the mother country, but then you also have a market that will buy the finished goods once you produce them. So um, you actually make money in several different ways if you're the mother country. We talked about the person that sponsored the first colony in America back in 1585. This was before Jamestown. Uh, this settlement was not actually a uh, successful settlement, but the person that sponsored that first colony was... You're correct if you said Sir Walter Raleigh. Sir Walter Raleigh. Now, the first permanent English colony, and that permanent part is very important, was the settlement of... You're correct if you said Jamestown. Jamestown was the first permanent English colony. There were some other ones, but they didn't last, and uh, so they don't have the title of permanent in front of them. That's why Jamestown is such an important piece of American history. Now, as these people came to the New World, they had a lot of different things to contend with, a lot of different dangers. And uh, we talked about three major three major dangers, that's hard to say fast, uh, to the settlers as they came to the New World. We talked about the fact that they had to face illness, uh, they had to face uh, Native Americans, which they were not expecting, and then also starvation. So uh, those things together, illness, facing the Native Americans that were in the area, and starvation really took a toll on these early settlers and in the first several years actually a, a large percentage of them died uh, in just the first couple years of creating the settlement. We talked about the thing that finally helped Jamestown to become profitable. Uh, they weren't making a profit until they decided to grow and you're correct if you said tobacco, a certain kind of tobacco that uh, was able to grow very well in that area. Uh, they could then ship it back to uh, Europe, and it was very popular back there. So uh, the key to them making a profit at Jamestown was the growing of tobacco. Now, when someone wanted to come and settle the New World, they couldn't just obviously get on a ship and come over to the New World and begin a settlement without a written contract issued by the government uh, giving the company the right to establish a colony. What is that piece of document or written contract called? You're correct if you said charter. Charter. They needed a charter to be able to come over and set up their first settlement. We talked about several different individuals at Jamestown. Who is given credit for regaining control and bringing the Jamestown settlement to a situation where everybody would work and everybody would pitch in to benefit the better good of the entire settlement? Who is the person that kind of got that ball rolling? You're correct if you said John Smith. John Smith was a person that really kind of took reins and uh, got everything going and said, if you're not going to work, uh, then you're not going to eat. Uh, so that, again, that is John Smith. Now, later on, we talked about the formation of religion and its place in, uh, in the colonies, especially up in the New England colonies. 
and we talked specifically about Roger Williams. And there were four things that Roger Williams wanted to change about the Puritan church. You'll need to know those four things. The first one is that he said that the colonists had no right to take the land away from the Native Americans. Uh, very much a supporter of Native American rights. Number two, no one should feel like they are forced to go to church. It should be a free will thing, so no one should be forced to go to church. Number three, no one should have religious beliefs imposed upon them. And number four, very important, Roger Williams believed in the separation of church and state so that the government should not be uh, making major decisions in the church and vice versa. The church should not be making major decisions for the government. They should be equal uh, and separate. We also talked about some of the uh, core values that the Puritans had. And uh, those three major values that we kind of focused on was number one, hard work, extremely hardworking people. Number two, education was extremely important. Again, going back to some of the religious reasons, uh, they wanted everybody to be able to read the Bible. So very important to stress education for the Puritans. And then also represent, representative government. Uh, the fact that their governments were based on people uh, that were elected to, uh, to have a vote, to have a say in the greater good for the entire community. So um, those are some of the Puritan core values that we talked about. We also talked a little bit about some of the general characteristics of the settlers in New England. And uh, those characteristics were one, they were highly skilled and educated people. Uh, we talked about that quite a bit in that section. Number two, they tended to be in the middle level of society, a lot of people in the middle class. And then also people in, in the New England area tended to also be very religious. So those are some of the categories or uh, characteristics, I'm sorry, of people that lived up in the New England section. All right, a couple questions here about an uh, individual. Who is the founder of the colony of Pennsylvania? You are correct if you said William Penn. William Penn. His family was given a whole bunch of land from the king um, as part of a debt, and uh, William Penn actually created the uh, colony of Pennsylvania. Um, so pretty incredible if your family is wealthy enough that the king pays off a debt to your family by giving you uh, one of the largest colonies in the New World. We talked about the settlement of New Netherland and how it was great for trade. It had a great uh, location. Eventually, New Netherland becomes the current city of? You're correct if you said New York. New York is a city that eventually grows out from the New Netherland settlement that begins there. Um, a little bit of geography. We're going to ask some questions on the test about um, what region some of these colonies belong to. Again, remember there's 13 original colonies that we're talking about. Um, we're going to break up each region and tell you the, the colonies in that region. And then you're going to need to uh, definitely study these so that if we say list three of the four or list three of them, uh, you're going to be able to get these right. So let's start up in the north. We'll start off with New England. And in the New England region, we have the colonies of Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire. So there are four New England colonies, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire. Moving down into the middle colonies, again, we have four colonies in the middle colonies. Those colonies are New York, New Jersey, Delaware, and Pennsylvania. So again, the middle colonies, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. 
And then moving down to the southern colonies, there are five southern colonies. We have Georgia, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So again, five southern colonies, Georgia, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So be sure to check out that map in your packet and uh, know a little bit about which colony belongs to which region for the test. Alright, the next person is the founder of the colony of Maryland. Who is the person that started the colony of Maryland? And we'll give you a hint. A major metropolitan city in Maryland is named after him. And you are correct if you said Lord Baltimore. Lord Baltimore. Very important person as far as the founding of the colony of Maryland. We talked about some of the crops that were grown in the Tidewater region. Very low, uh, lots of water, lots of fertile soil. The three major crops that were grown in the Tidewater region are tobacco, rice, and indigo. And again, we talked about what indigo was, the blue dye that you can use to dye different types of wool and clothing and things like that. So those are the major crops grown in the Tidewater region. We also talked about what a patroon was. We talked about the middle colonies. A patroon is someone who brings 50 settlers from England, and in return they get a free land grant. So um, they wanted people to come to the New World. Uh, they did lots of things to entice people. One of them was by saying, hey, if you bring in 50 people, we're going to give you a really nice chunk of land. Okay, what is considered to be the greatest strength of the middle colonies? Think about that for a second. What is considered to be the greatest strength of the middle colonies? And when we talked about this in the book, we said that it probably was its diversity. They were very diverse. They had people from all over the world, which is, you know, really pretty much what New York is today, a collection of people from all over the world. And uh, they believed this was one of their uh, strengths because they had so many different types of skills and so many different types of people within the colonies. Um, they could always find a way to solve their problems. All right, what made the colony of Maryland a little bit unique? Uh, we talked about this a little bit in comparison with the different regions. Maryland was a little bit unique because they allowed all different religious groups, which wasn't the case for every colony. There are some colonies that um, you know, really stress that everybody in that colony should follow a particular, um, a particular church. Uh, that was not the case in Maryland. Okay, we have one more term and one more person. Let's go with the term here first. Okay, if a colony is governed by a single owner, what is the name given to that colony? You're correct if you said proprietary colony. Again, we talked about what it means to be a proprietor, someone that owns something, and um, this colony is unique, or a proprietary colony is unique, because the person that is in charge of the colony also owns the colony. Good example would be William Penn and Pennsylvania. And then the last one, the person that's responsible for starting the settlement in the colony of Georgia is, I'll give you a second to think about it, James Oglethorpe. James Oglethorpe was a person that's considered to be the person that starts the colony of Georgia. So there you go with your study guide. Um, good luck on the test. If you have any questions, you can stop by and talk to any of your 8th grade American history teachers. Um, it's the first test of the year, so study up. Uh, be ready for a good grade. And uh, let's start the school year off with a high grade. And uh, we can just continue that on throughout the semester. So thanks for listening. And uh, again, don't be shy to ask any questions if you need something before our test. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk again soon. Bye.